is Terry Crosby. Andy Steiger. Welcome to the AC Podcast. On this podcast, we want to help you understand and speak the language of our culture and address questions being asked with intellectual honesty, gentleness, and respect. Thank you for joining us again, listeners. It's great to have you with us. We're back again. We're back. We're back, back. Terry, I noticed you're wearing a hat, man. What's going on? <laughs> it's hat day. No, no, it's not. For the next months <laughs> <Yeah>. and months <laughs> and months. <laughs> so I guess that's, I'm one of those people where, hey, no big deal. No big deal. No, yeah. no. I, uh, I shaved my head, so I don't, I don't need a barber. It's a nice glow to it right now. Thank you. I, in fact, did not shave this morning. I felt pretty I, good about that. I mean, I could shave my head. I, I've done it before. I have seen I don't it. know if I'll, uh, I'll go that route. It might just be hat day for six uh, months. Yeah, Terry builds a pretty good quaft going on up there. And <laughs> so I guess it's getting out of control. Hey, we got a special guest on the line with us. We do. A longtime friend and listener. And uh, and once employee, <laughs> Chris Battle on the line. Woo! Hey, hey. how's it going, guys? Doing good, great, good. man. Good to have you. Good to have you on the show. Those uh, those who are longtime listeners, you will recognize Chris's voice. He has been a part of the podcast for for quite a while, and it's great to have you on the show, man. Dude, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for uh, having me out. So we're talking on a serious topic today. Uh, the topic we're we're talking on is trusting God in scary times, and this is a subject that we actually have had uh, different people contact us and say, "Hey, you know, we we'd love you to address this issue." In particular, uh, there are so many people uh, right now that are losing their jobs, that are going through challenging times, stuck at home, and just dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and challenges of all sorts. And so we we wanted to talk mm-hmm. on this issue, particularly we want to talk on the subject of being laid off. But but we want to talk about trusting God in scary times in general. I just think that's something that's going to be a touch point for a lot of people. And it's one of the reasons why we've asked uh, Chris to to join us on the show today. Chris is somebody who has he is somebody who has had to trust in the Lord in scary times over and over again. Chris, I just want to highlight some of those scary moments as I have seen them play out in your life. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Chris uh, worked with us for quite a while, but then he went off to pastor a church in Ontario, and then he came back, and now he's pastoring a church in, in British Columbia. Still a good friend, and uh, we appreciate his friendship and participation still in the ministry. Uh, I remember when you were in Ontario, and you had just gotten there. You're this new pastor there, and you, you'll have to fill in the blanks, but you go into a grocery store or something to buy something quickly, and that store is being held up by armed robbers and didn't they like tie you up with some other people at gunpoint yeah i rushed to get to a pharmacy to pick up a set of corral dishes uh, it had a canada post outlet inside and so i got there just before it closed and i walked in on guys robbing the pharmacy at gunpoint and so they'd already had all of the people that worked there tied up they grabbed me and put me or like helped me at gunpoint put me down sprayed me with pepper spray over and over and over again. It was like basically torture for like 10, 15 minutes while they finished uh, robbing the place. And then, uh, yeah, well, Sarah and Caddy are uh, six month old or seven month old or something like that. We're out in the parking lot. So the, uh, the place ended up being surrounded by the TAC team, like the police special forces, 
machine gun everywhere, pepper spray, armed robbers. Like, it was nuts. I mean, that's a story that we could tell in and of itself, but we'll just leave it there that you can get a sense for what that would be like. But as terrible as that is, uh, some of the more difficult stuff that you've gone through is with uh, your wife, Sarah, you've gone through a couple miscarriages and some really close calls, even with your your son. And now Sarah's pregnant and Mm -hmm. is due in a month. And I'm sure, you know, that's got its own (laughs) scares and pressures, right? Like the concern of, of another miscarriage and then also, you know, giving birth to a child in the midst of, of a pandemic. And then on top of all that, Chris, you were one of the first people that I know that lost their job in all of this. Now, I'm not saying that to say anything bad to, to the church that you work at. That, that's not the purpose of this podcast. But we ask that you'd come on it because you're somebody mm-hmm. who's had to trust God in scary times over and over again. It's for this reason that, I, that I've asked, you know, Chris, would you come on and, and just speak on this issue? And so, I want to just ask, you know, you and I were talking yesterday and I, and I asked you to come on the show and I'm just curious, you know, could you just be honest with us and tell us in these different moments <laughs> of your life, what does that look like for you as a pastor trusting God in these scary moments that you've had to deal with over and over again? So, yeah, that's a really good question. And the best way to answer is to say that it's been a process. Part of, I guess, the good thing about going through it over and over and over again is I get a redo on my attitude as I go <laughs> as I go through it, right? So when I first started, you know, years and years ago, going through drug addiction and all that stuff, I dealt with adversity pretty poorly. It was a weak part of my game. But then after getting through that and then doing going through some of the things that we've gone through, Sarah and I were just talking about this yesterday, that if what we were going through right now with the pregnancy and not having any clue what it's going to be like for her to have a C-section in ground zero and right in the middle of when things are supposed to peak and, and all that stuff, if we had been going through that five years ago, our reaction would likely be a lot different than it is now. So it's been a process that God's been super faithful with bringing us along slowly, teaching us through it, being really graceful when I react like an idiot and freak out and and all that stuff, but then helping me apply it as I go along and, and to be able to build, you know, endurance. Like I think of Romans 5 when it talks about we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So I just think about that, and it feels like I've just gotten to live that out. And so, yeah, sort of a long answer to it's felt bad, like I don't like it to have to go through this stuff. But just from a practical point of view, I can ask God, okay, well, God, what are you teaching us through this? What are, what can we learn to make us better disciples, better friends, better, me a better husband, better father, all of those things. And because, I mean, it's not like this is going to be the last bad thing that ever happens, right? It may be the worst bad thing that we experience, but it's not going to be the last bad thing. Chris, one of the things that I've always found interesting about you uh, is that whenever you go through a scary time, where you're needing to trust the Lord, one of the first things you do, uh, I don't even know if this is uh, something you've thought about, but you always phone a friend. Yeah. After you had the armed robbery, you called me up. 
I remember when you were racing to the hospital, when your wife was bleeding and there was the, the fear you're going to lose your child. You when she was I, in the helicopter, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember you and I praying as you were racing to the hospital when you lost your job. Uh, I've always just found that so interesting about you is that part of trusting the Lord is leaning on people. Well, I, I had to learn that that lesson that life is in a, well, I mean, coming out of drug addiction and stuff, like life was always about me. And so I had to learn that it wasn't always. And, and Andy, actually, you were instrumental in helping drive this point home for me is that Christianity or life in the church and stuff is all about community. It's all about relationships. And if I don't work some of this stuff out in community, I'm doing it in a sort of self-isolated echo chamber, and my mind can really easily go in the wrong direction and, and develop resentments or anger or whatever. And so if I'm not getting it out there and talking about it and allowing other people to speak wisdom into it, to ask them to pray for me, to help me work through it, it's going to go sideways real quick, probably, because, I mean, nobody likes to suffer unless they're a sadist or, or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? something like, seriously yeah. wrong with them. Yeah. Woohoo, a pandemic, right? Like, no one's really thinking that. And so to go through these things alone, they wouldn't help me, first of all. And second, it could break me if I'm not bringing other people in and leaning on them for, for support. We talked about this before, but... I'm a, in the spiritual pathways or whatever, I'm a, I'm a sense-it, and I worship God best through nature and, and around other people and stuff like that. And so I, I don't get verbal revelation from God or anything like that. And so I depend on people like you to speak for God in that sense, right, when I come to you for wisdom. Well, here's something that's interesting about all this, that God has used me to teach you, but He's also used you to teach me. Because the thing that I deal with and I'm guessing this is something that we all deal with. I just, I've just seen how you've worked your way through it, is that we all have this level of pride. And so, mm. when something bad or scary happens to me, I tend to want to go run and hide. And that tends to be kind of my first response. Whereas I've been learning from you, man, that you know, your first response is to reach out. But I think that that has a lot to do with how God has worked in your life and, to be honest, has broken you. And, and I think that there's yeah. some of us that just we haven't been thoroughly broken. Now, drug and alcohol addiction was a breaking moment for you. And if people want to know more about that, that story, you and I filmed that story. And so, we'll post that in the show notes so that people could, if you want to know that story in more depth, or if you have my book, it's the last chapter we talk about this, uh, chapter six. But that didn't happen overnight for you. That, that was a process of you realizing that you needed community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, needing community or discovering it in the church. Like I can remember when I first came to church where you were working, <laughs> thank God, <laughs> uh, all those years ago and, and thinking I would never fit in or, or whatever. I remember I wasn't a Christian and I had no, well, I'd, I'd asked God for help a few days before, but I had no idea what to expect. I, you know, I, I remember calling my mom afterwards and leaving a, a message saying that, uh, hey, mom, I went to church today and I didn't burst into flames. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, it, I had a real sort of facile understanding of what it meant to be a, a believer to even walk into church. And so I needed people around me to help me know what it meant to be a Christian, to know what it meant to be a man, to eventually be a husband, to be a father and, and, and all that stuff. 
And so it was just ingrained or became ingrained in me that I can't do stuff on my own because it was very clear to me where my best thinking had got me. And so when I was making decisions just for myself, isolated, it usually ended up a dumpster fire. So I would, I learned that I do my best living when I'm reaching out and asking for help. But don't you think there's a lot of us that our pride just stops us from that? You know, like, like shame stops us from phoning a friend saying, hey, man, I lost my job today. Totally. And I mean, I, to say that I never fall into that trap would be wrong, right? Like it just would be untrue. Like there's still times where I probably don't talk about things as much as I should. And typically it's the little things. I find that I'm able to deal with the bigger things much better than I deal with the little things in life. Because the little things in life, I think I can just handle and then when things kind of go sideways, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever experienced that? Like something massive happens and you're just like, oh, and it just kind of rolls off your back. You're able to handle it and be chill about it. But then, you know, you can't find the catch up and it's all over, right? Like things just crumble. Maybe that's probably a little dramatic, but, uh, but yeah, totally. I think people like to think that we can handle this ourselves, And I think our culture teaches us that or tries to teach us that, that we're to be Uh, little silos in a lot of ways. Before we continue, a message from Andy. Hi, listeners. As we've been speaking on the subject of trusting God in scary times, I wanted to let you know about a resource that we have. Some of you may know that we release a kids podcast called The Human Project for Kids, but we've just recently launched something called AC Kids, Apologetics Canada for Kids. This is a video resource that is six parts leading up to Easter, and it talks with your children about trusting God in scary times. Now, I know that school is not in session, and so many of you parents are looking for content as you homeschool. And that's one of the reasons why we created this and we pray that it would help you as you seek content for your children. This resource was inspired by Natasha Crane's new book, Talking With Your Kids About Jesus. You can go there if you'd like more content. You can find this resource at apologeticscanada.com slash ACKids or check us out on social media and our YouTube channel and you can find the resource there. And now back to the podcast. So when trials and tribulations come for Christians and for non-Christians, they seem to want to turn to God in some way. They pray or they start going to church. The question is about prayer. Like in your life, as you've developed that, what does that look like for you? Because I think that's well, essential for each, of, each one of us, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, for one thing, I've been, this has been working on more recently, and that's to engage God in the process of, you know, to use a 99 cent theological word, sanctification, my growing closer to God, being a better disciple of him and, and all that stuff and, and asking him, like, what's going on? Because I believe that everything that we go through, all of our trials, all of our suffering, God can and will use to strengthen our character, right? I think there's mm-hmm. just, there's passage after passage that talks about that. So mm-hmm. actually asking God, what am I supposed to be learning here? What is it about uh, me that's not deficient in a like a self-deprecating kind of way, but just what area in my life needs growth right now? And what, what am I learning through this? That's one thing I've been trying to pray. I forget a lot, but I actually put a little reminder on my phone to help remind me to pray that during these times or to ask that question. But otherwise, I've been, my prayer has often just led to thanksgiving or adoration in the sense that I've come to a place where I can trust that God is going to 
still be on his throne and still work everything out for good, even if, though I can't see it. And this this really gets to the heart of what we're talking about here, and that's this idea of trust. One of the things that God's really been teaching me over the last two years, I would say, is understanding where trust really is formed. And mm-hmm. I, I would say there's three key ideas about trusting God. And this really became clear to me as I just read and prayed through and thought about the first three chapters of the book of Genesis, but then also to see how that narrative of not trusting God gets played out through the Bible. And then we come to Jesus and we see this modeled before us of what it looks like to trust God. And I think it's interesting that we're having this conversation right now, by the way, as we're heading into Easter. Because it is at this moment in Jesus' ministry that he is an incredible demonstration of trusting God in the midst of a scary moment where Mm -hmm. he's heading to the cross. He's going to be publicly shamed and crucified, and his best friends are all going to leave him. And yet, in the midst of all of this, he's going to continue to trust God to the very end. And and one of the things that, that I really picked up on these three ideas in Genesis is that the the heart of trust is do I believe and by the way this this applies to whether or not you're talking about people or God and and you've heard me talk on this before I'm sure but do I trust that God is good do I trust that God loves me and do I trust that God's wise see because the reality is is if you think if I come to the belief that Terry you know that Terry loves me that Terry's good uh, and that Terry's wise. Uh, oh, wait, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to talk good. <laughs> that when Terry tells me to do something, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that, right? Because it would be foolish not to listen to that. Now, this is this idea of God. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, as we all know, people like Terry might not you know, their wisdom might fail, you know, <laughs> their, their love or their goodness might falter. Here we go. <laughs> but with God, you know, his love doesn't falter. His wisdom doesn't falter. You know, he is perfectly good. And mm-hmm. so, if I believe that, then this informs the way that I trust God, that I'm going to, that I can trust him in, in all things, knowing that he's in control of this and that he will be able to work this out. Even though I can't see it, I'm trusting that that's the case. I love that you brought up the idea of the, the passion and, and all of that, because trusting God often means, especially in times of suffering, that we have to continue through the suffering, that we don't, we don't get to pull the ripcord and bail out. Because one of the things I noticed this other day in my morning reading is right after I was going through John and, and just thinking about Jesus in the garden, and right after he's praying to the to the Father to to let the cup pass from him, he says, "Your will be done." And then they go. That's in a different passage, but then uh, in John, there he's when the people come to arrest him, Peter jumps up and starts to fight for him. Now, for a lot of us, if we had just been asking God to take away suffering from us, and all of a sudden, an opportunity presented itself for that suffering to end. So, right there, he could have let Peter keep swinging away and maybe bust him out, and they could have taken off, and, you know, Jesus could have gone into the hills like David and lived a long time. 
but he stopped him. He was so sure of what his path was supposed to be, the path that God had laid out for him, that included the most horrific form of suffering imaginable, that he stopped him and said, no, this isn't the way it goes. Like, you can't uh, thwart me paying attention and following my father. See, now this is such an important point then, because it means that if you're going to stop trusting God, what really is going to have to happen is you're going to have to call one of those three into question. Mm-hmm. You, you're either going to need to question God's goodness, you'll, you'll need to question his love, or you'll question his wisdom. Exactly. And so, Jesus, at that point, was trusting all three of those things, and so was able to push Peter's attempt at insurrection or, or rescue aside and, and follow through with it. So, he had a fully formed view of, of God's love for him for his wisdom, for the situation and all of that. Now, this, I, I think, though, is important, and, and I'm glad that you brought up Jesus in his prayer, is that that doesn't mean that trusting God is easy. And I, <laughs> and I think it's interesting that even for Jesus, it's not like he's just breezing through this. He's experiencing the full emotions of, of what it is to live as a, as a human being, with the fear of what's coming, you know, and that he's, that he's going to be crucified, right? That, that mm-hmm. he's even praying that, you know, God, could this cup be taken from me? I think it's interesting. He's like, listen, I'm not excited about suffering, right? Suffering sucks. But mm-hmm. yet, like you're, you're getting that there, Chris, yet he's remaining in his trust that God is in control of the situation. Yeah, I think it's just, it's interesting that we seem to be formed more fully through suffering than we do through good times. So not that God is the author of evil or suffering, but it can be used as a tool to make us more into his, his image. Well, I mean, come, that, let's just think about that with regards to this pandemic. Yeah. I mean, think about how this suffering has so quickly gotten many of us thinking in all sorts of different ways. It's gotten us to think more about community. It's gotten us to think more about, you know, just our relational needs, but it's also gotten us to think about that we're not as in control as we like to think we are, that there's more going on to this world, that this isn't just about accumulating and entertaining, you know, until you die. And and I think for many people, it's really gotten them thinking. By the way, here's just a side thought for those of you historians. It is interesting that the Spanish flu took place, so that pandemic way worse than this one, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 50 million people died, more than in World War I and World War II together. I mean, it's incredible. 50 million people uh, is estimated in two years, right? 1918 to 1919. It's interesting that the Great Awakenings come on the heels of that pandemic. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if there is this... Uh, moment of renewal and revival that potentially comes on the heels of this pandemic as people, you know, are shaken from their routine and all of a sudden are thinking about their lives more appropriately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was uh, reading a a Facebook post and I've noticed it actually all over the place. It's, It's become ubiquitous. Finishing some of these posts with, we all are one. And people are really starting to come to this conclusion that we're better together, that we need community, that we need to to do things. If you don't mind, I want to read this short paragraph from this uh, 
book called Spiritual Formation as if the Church Mattered by James Wilhoyt. And he writes, in times of suffering, we are oftentimes most open spiritually, and we especially need the body of Christ to keep us open to God and his grace. In times of suffering, we benefit greatly from the solidarity expressed by people praying for us and by the healing, restoration, and comfort made available through such prayers. When individual suffering comes, we can recognize the value of intentional solidarity already experienced in times of ease. From habit, we still sense connection with the rest of the body of Christ. As we minister to others, and as we receive the ministry of love and care by the body of Christ, we are put in a position that makes us more and more receptive. In times of war, natural disaster, and persecution, the church suffers together and witnesses to a watching world by showing the reality of Christ's love. Mm-hmm. Chris, it's interesting to me because we, when we were talking on the phone recently, you expressed how you'd been experiencing the church and their love for you. And that you, mm-hmm. with uh, the church that you had pastored at uh, in Ontario, there were some people who just immediately uh, reached out to you. Yeah, it was amazing to see, because of course, we when we got laid off, we weren't too sure what was going to happen and, and whatnot. So, we, we prayed for God's provision and just trusting Him, because Sarah and I have kind of been praying that forever, like since we've been together. And it, it's amazing to see how many people reached out from different provinces and from different places we've lived, reached out and, and offering support of uh, either prayer or financial or, or whatever, and just wanting to know that we're loved or wanting us to know that we're loved, that uh, people are thinking about us and, and all of this. So it was just these incredibly generous, tangible, amazing examples of God showing love for his people through his people, like through his church and using that as the, as the vehicle to show his love to us in this particular circumstance. And so I think for each one of us, then we need to be looking and, you know, what's going on around me and how can I bless other people? How can I help other people during this time? Which quite frankly is challenging because you might want to bring somebody a meal or something like that, you know, or you just want to go give somebody a hug. And totally. We can't do those sorts of things. However, we can talk to somebody on the phone. We can pray for one another. We can help each other out financially. Uh, there are uh, all sorts of ways that we can walk alongside some people. And I think one of the most dynamic ways that you and I can help one another, and I know this might sound weird. I, I don't. So I was I was saying how cool it is, Chris, that you will call people. You don't just call me. You call different people that that are influential in your life, mm-hmm. and. And I, th- I think for some people, though, you know, when we call other people or whatever, you know what this is like as a pastor, where you call people and you're, and you're walking with them through their times of suffering. There is an aspect of human nature, if we're honest, where we don't want to make those phone calls because mm-hmm. it's difficult and it's challenging. But yet, sitting on the phone with somebody in, in a pandemic, you know, you can't sit with them in a room, but just being there with them and listening through what's going on in their lives and being there willing to pray with them, that is an incredible ministry to that person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've experienced it. Uh, yeah, so far during this in the, 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 well, seemingly like forever, it seems like it's been going on. But in the few weeks that the isolating has been going on, I've been both on the receiving end, the giving end of that, trying my best to call and, and you know, throw texts out and, and do all that stuff. But then having people call me and check in and, and all of that, uh, with you being one of them. So it's, yeah, it's, 
incredibly powerful what can still happen with limited resources or whatever just through technology and, and small gestures of kindness. Then that, that's been for myself as well with the, the people that I pastor, I have been calling our young adults and just connecting up with them and, and seeing how they're, they're doing and in what ways I can pray with them. Now, some people, it's life is normal. Uh, mm-hmm. It ha- hasn't really changed a whole lot at all. But yet, there is others. I was praying with one young adult in particular that was just weeping as everything around him seems to be falling apart. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the, there's financial difficulties with people who've lost lots of money in the stock market. There's other people who their business is, is taking a hit. Uh, there's other people who are dealing with health issues, um, you know, anxiety issues that are dealing with all sorts of challenges. And it was just interesting as I called each person just to hear how thankful that they were that somebody, you know, was just reaching out and that just to know once again, hey, we're in this together uh, as, mm-hmm. as we walk with each other through, through these difficult times. And, that I, and I guess what I'm getting at is that this is such a, an important aspect of trusting God in the midst of scary times is to remember that you're doing this not only in community with God. I mean, that always, as a pastor, that's the thing that gets me the most concerned for people is when, you know, out of our brokenness, they want to question God's love, wisdom, uh, and goodness, and they want to run away from Him, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a pastor, and just as a, as a person who's trying to follow the Lord myself, right, I'm, I'm wanting to continue to entrust myself as Jesus did. No, God, you're good. No, I know you're wise. I know you love me. I'm going to trust you in this. Yet, we also then do this in community. It's interesting, I, I think, uh, reading through Matthew. I was reading through Matthew this morning in Jesus's sermon there in in chapter six, you know, chapter five, six, but particularly in chapter six, when he talks about Look at the fields, right? Jesus is preaching, and he's saying, "Look at the look at the birds. Like God takes care of them. Do, do you think He's not going to take care of you? Look at these flowers. God's taking care of the flowers. You, don't you think God's going to take care of you? Like, and Jesus in this sermon is really going after people's anxiety, uh, which at that time was a scary time to live as in, under Roman occupation. And again, just in, encouraging people. No, no, you need you're going to need to trust the Lord in this. He cares for you, and He's going to watch out for you. Yeah. Just thinking about the bigger picture, I mean, people want to know what's God's purpose in all of this, right? That this is happening at this particular time and to their situations. Can it be as easy as what you were alluding to earlier of forming us more in the image of Christ? Is that what the purpose is here? Uh I can't say for 100%. And this is one of the things that I've slowly become more and more comfortable with is the mystery of God. I would say that it's at least a major part of it. I'm a firm subscriber to the School for Souls sort of brand of theology that God is is wanting to use life and our experiences and, and history and all of that to slowly bring his, his church along from times like Babel to being able to be a community that can worship him rightly. But at the same time, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on behind the veil that I wonder how much access we have in the moments. Like God is is so big, so powerful, so all-knowing that there's no telling exactly what's happening. So that's kind of a lame answer. But I, I would say for sure that the purpose is at least in major part to help us to be able to grow. But I, I found the language of lament during these times really, really helpful when the psalmist or somebody like Habakkuk or, or something like that cries out, why God? 
and never really gets an answer. But there's healing through the crying out. And so these times of trouble and these, these times of, of suffering and questions and, and hurt and, and all of that are an opportunity for us just to cry out to God and to say, you know what, like, we don't understand what's going on. We trust that this is going to help us grow and, and all of that, but we don't know everything. And so, but we do know that you're good God and we know that you love us and we're going to seek to trust you in this, even if we can't get direct answers or, or fully formed answers as to why it's happening. One of the things too that I would just add into that with what you're saying is, Terry, when we think about the purpose of all this, I think one of the fundamental errors that people make in that is that people make this underlying assumption that the world is good, right? And, mm. that, and that, you know, life is good and everything mm-hmm. and, that, and that the purpose is for me to, to enjoy life and to be happy and healthy and, and all these sorts of things. And in doing so, there are so many people that just forget Christians alike, and myself alike. We all do, right? We get lulled into thinking that this life isn't broken. We forget that this world is not the way that God intended it to be. God does not desire for pandemics. God does not desire for people to suffer and for people to go through horrible trials. Like That wasn't God's purpose in the beginning. However, you and I live in a broken world. And so that's one of those things that is just so easy for us to forget. And when a pandemic happens, it's one of those moments, it's a wake-up call. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. This world is broken. This world is messed up. This world can be brought to its knees within weeks. And we realize quite quickly how fragile we are. And so I think one of those you know, one of the aspects of trusting God in scary times is to make sure that you've got everything in perspective. You know, that this is a broken world. And one of the aspects that you and I need to keep in perspective then, and this is kind of a, a an interesting idea that I picked up from Corey Ten Boom, is one of the things that she talks about through the horrific, scary time that she went through. It's one of the things that she talks about is that it can always be worse. Uh, <laughs> and, and that always was a perspective for her. And I, I was reading in a book that's like this devotional book called Anywhere He Leads Me. She talks about going and, and ministering in this prison in Rwanda. And that's the sermon that she preached to them. She's like, I know it looks bad here, but she's like, it could be a whole lot worse. And she says, you know, Ravenbrook, where she was, she said 95,000 women lost their lives there. Those numbers are absolutely staggering. She, she recounts one day with her sister, Betsy, who, by the way, was one of those who died. She recounted, you know, that that day that a woman had died as a result of a cruel beating, that the uh, electric light had failed. And after sunset, you know, they were just sitting in the, the deepest darkness. Yet there, they continued to trust God. In the midst of that scary time, they, they spent time in prayer. And it was interesting, after their time of prayer, this is what she wrote. She says, uh, Then we went to sleep under a dirty coat we used as a blanket. And Betsy, her sister is always optimistic. And Betsy said, What a wonderful day we've had. The Lord has shown us so much of Himself. And again, it's that moment of perspective going, Oh, that's right. This world's broken. God's not the one that's broken. It's this world that's broken. But God is good, and I'm going to trust Him as He leads me through this broken world. Hmm. 
Well, I think that this is a good place to wrap up. I just wanted to close with some scripture. For those of you, I think we're all in a scary time together, but those of you that are really going through some some difficult challenges, those that have, that have lost your jobs, those of you that may lose your jobs. In fact, you know, Terry and I, the church we were working at, we work at, they were basically saying, hey, you know, this week there's going to be a lot of layoffs. And I know that there are Many places that, you know, at your place of work, maybe that's what you've heard as well. There's going to be lots of layoffs and and you're just trying to stay trusting in the Lord in the midst of all this. I just want to encourage you with Psalm 28, verse 27 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy. With my song, I praise Him. The Lord is the strength of his people, a fortress of salvation for his anointed one. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Amen. Chris, it has been so good to have you on. There's a lot of wisdom that you have brought to us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, guys, as always. Thanks for having me. We'd like to pray for you at this time. Would that be okay? Man, that'd be awesome. Thank you. All right. Yeah, let's let's pray. Lord, we just want to lift up our brother Chris and his wife Sarah. Lord, we just pray over their family. God, would you just continue to provide for them and encourage them, lead them, and just calm their anxiety and their concern, Lord, knowing that they can trust you. And I pray yes. that that in the midst of this pregnancy, Lord, that you would bless it and that that everything would go well, Lord. Mm-hmm. And we pray for the, the health of, of the child that's on the way, and we're excited for them as their family grows. I also just pray for Chris with regards to his job, Lord. We pray for everyone that's experiencing job loss right now. We pray that this yes. pandemic would come to an end quickly, and that the economy would be able to resuscitate quickly, mm-hmm. and that jobs would be restored, Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the meantime, God, my prayer for for Chris, my prayer for all of us is that we would continue to entrust ourselves to you and that we would follow Jesus' examples we had into Easter, that we would remember that you are good, that you are wise, and that you love us and that you demonstrated that for us, in fact, in the person of Jesus. And we're thankful yes. for you. We're thankful that you died for us because you love us. And in doing so, you showed just how good you are, just how much you love us, and how wise you are that even though this world is broken, it will not remain that way and that you are making all things new. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, listeners. The AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada, and we'll come back next week with more things to think about. Mm